So listen, tonight we are in the middle of a of a season of prayer and fasting as a church. We've been fasting since January 2nd. We're going to fast until January 23rd. We're fasting from no meats and no sweets. We're believing God to reveal to us what he already planned for 2023. We want God to flood our eyes with light so that we can know what is the hope of his calling for our lives in this season. And so we want him to reveal to us what he already provided so that we can walk it out, we can receive it by faith. God tells us what he gave us from the foundations of the world. He reveals these things to us. Everything that he does for us, he does it by grace. So he's showing us, hey, son, hey, daughter, this is what I already planned. I already mapped out your life before you were born. This is what I already planned for you. And I'm showing these things to you and I'm giving these things to you. I prepared it for you by my unearned and amazing grace. And then what we do is we receive it by faith. So while we are fasting, we're praying. Remember, Apostle Cynthia said, if you fast, but don't pray, all you're doing is not eating. Uh, so fast, uh, for us to really fast, we have to pray. And it's fasting and praying. This is a season of fasting and praying for us. I hope that you are enjoying it, that God is speaking to you and you are preparing yourself for what God is going to do in your life and in your family's life in this season in 2023. So like I said, our apostles taught on fasting and prayer. I'm going to flow in that same vein tonight. I'm going to share with you first a scripture that our apostles shared with us on New Year's Eve. And this is a scripture I'm sure we're going to hear all year long. Psalms 126 and verse 4, the Bible says, Now, Lord, do it again. Restore us to former glory. May streams of your refreshing God flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. This is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. That's what our man of God, our woman of God has declared over us. I want you to receive that vision for the year. I want you to meditate on it, to think about it. I want you to get Psalms 126 and verse 4 down in your heart. This is from the Passion Translation. I want you to speak it over your family's life. Every dry area in your life in this season, 2023, is going to be refreshed again. So tonight, uh, I'm going to share with you about being refreshed through the vehicle of prayer. We'll deal with being refreshed in prayer tonight. Next week, we'll, be, we'll deal with being restored in prayer. So we're talking about refreshing, and we're talking about restoring, and we're talking about prayer. We'll be learning from the Word of God how to be revive, revitalized and rejuvenated uh, through the vehicle of prayer. What does it mean to be refreshed? So I was looking this up. Uh, it means to have a renewed energy, or maybe even a renewed interest is in something. Like, like you were supposed to be pursuing something and along the way life happened and you forgot about it. You, you no longer were pursuing it. And the Lord comes and the Lord reveals to you that the giftings and the callings of God are without repentance. And God says, hey, son, hey, daughter, I didn't give up on you. What I said when you were five years old, eight years old, nine years old, I'm still going to bring it to pass. So you have this renewed passion, this renewed energy towards something or an interest in something, you are being refreshed. Another, another uh, definition means to be returned to a normal state after a period of stress. And so, so there are times where sometimes uh, we allow, even as born-again believers filled with the Holy Ghost believers, we allow ourselves uh, to deal with negative stress or anxiety and we need to be refreshed and get back. Basically, we got to come back to ourselves. Like, like the prodigal son woke up one morning. He's like, I need to come to myself. Sometimes we are not operating as the man of God, the woman of God that we're called to be. And we need to come back. We need to be refreshed to who we are in Christ Jesus. Say amen to that. And then sometimes it means restoring something to a previous state or even to a better state. 
You're like, you know how you have a website or web page and you refresh the page. Sometimes it restores it to the previous state, but if there's new information, sometimes it restores it to an even better state. In this season, in 2023, not only you will you be refreshed to a previous state, but I believe that you're going to be even refreshed to a better state, that God is going to speak some things to you about your life, your family, your children, your marriage, your career, your finances, your business in this season, that's going to take you back to, to the former glory, but even to a greater level of glory. Say amen to that. Listen, I know that 2022 was a difficult season for many. Matter of fact, not just 2022, some people are really going all the way back to the pandemic. Since the beginning of the pandemic, some people have been dealing with some things and it has been somewhat of a challenging time for many. We've been preaching and teaching the word of God at VCMI so that we can overcome, we can receive what God has already provided. We're not striving to try to make things happen. We're just going to receive what God has already attained for us through the finished work of Jesus. But that said, there are people that have allowed their, their minds and their hearts to get distracted to the point where they've lost something along the way. And on New Year's Eve, uh, I don't know about you, but on New Year's Eve, man, there was just like this refreshing and this, this restoring that has started even that night. And and our man of God, our woman of God was sharing with us about what God is saying about this season. And so I know that along the way, it's like people maybe like lost a step or lost a little bit. It's like they they allow the circumstances of life to strip them of their joy a little bit. And in this season, we're going to get it back. If God is going to do it again. The psalmist said, now, Lord, do it again. So this will be a, a season for us to be refreshed and restored and revived. That said, I'm going to teach on being refreshed through prayer tonight. So to understand prayer, you got to understand the system that God set up on this planet. Now, I'm going to do some teaching on prayer here. Uh, uh, now, this is just building on all the things that we learned at VCMI. So a lot of this is going to be like a a prayer refresher. <laughs> we're, we're being refreshed in prayer, and this is like a prayer refresher. So what is prayer? Well, you got to understand the system. Why, why does it even matter? Why does God require us as humans to pray? Well, God set up a system on this planet where, where humans are in charge of this planet, of the earth domain. Genesis 1 and 26 from the New International Version, the Bible says, then God, Elohim, the creator God, said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over the livestock, over all the earth, and over the creatures that move along the ground. Who did he say is supposed to rule? Them. God put mankind in charge of this planet. When God said, let them rule, God was saying, okay, we rule the heavens, but the earth belongs to the children of men. God has put people down here on the earth, in the earth domain, and the earth domain is ruled by humans, flesh and blood, spirits that live in physical earth suit bodies. And so that's the system that God set up. So God gave man, mankind. And when I say man, I mean male and female man. Let's be clear about something. That that as a, as a, as a type of being, mankind is both male and female. So women and men have the same level of authority on this planet uh, from the perspective of me being a, a spiritual being in an earth suit governing the planet. So, so women and men. So women are no less anointed than men. Let's just get that out of the way. So when I say man, I mean male and female man. Say amen to that. All right, so, so when God put mankind 
over the earth domain, at that point, we became the legal stewards of this realm. So at that point, a man, male and female man, is a spirit in an earth suit having the legal authority in the earth domain. So when what God does then, because God is committed to the system that he created, that he actually submits himself to that system. So when God wants to do things on this planet, it's not that God can't, because let's be clear, God is God. He can do whatever he wants. But it's not that he can't, but God has chosen to operate through us, through mankind. So let me ask it to you this way. Has God ever woken you up in the middle of the night to pray? Yes, I, I'm sure that many hands just went up. You can put it in the chat. Has God ever woken you up in the middle of the night to pray? Of course, a, a lot of us. He's done that for a lot of us. Well, why would God wake us up to pray? The Bible says that he that watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. God doesn't have to sleep. We need sleep. So what, why would God wake us up to pray if he didn't need us to pray? Well, because he set up a system where, where he is seeking the cooperation of humans to operate on this planet. And watch this, both Satan and God actively seek the cooperation of humans to operate on this planet. So the father is looking for people that are going to align with him, with his will on the earth through the vehicle of prayer so that God's will can be done where? On earth. How? As it is in heaven. So he's looking for men on the earth, women on the earth that are going to seek what heaven, whatever heaven's will is. I look up into heaven. God floods my eyes with light. And then God wants me to come in agreement to pray on earth for heaven's will to be done in this domain, say amen to that. John Wesley said, God does nothing on earth except in response to prayer. So what is prayer? Prayer is agreeing with God's plans and purposes in faith, believing that he will bring it to pass on the earth. Prayer is how the earth agrees with heaven. Prayer is earthly license. The late great Dr. Miles Monroe said that prayer is earthly license for heavenly interference. So when I want heaven to be to interfere with my life's affairs, when I want heaven to be involved in my business or in my children or in my marriage or in my body, I pray because I, it is an earthly license for heavenly interference. Prayer is what happens when the creation, you and I, get the creator involved in any given situation. Say amen to that. So I hope this gives you a better understanding, laying the foundation of what prayer is and why God requires it. But then let me just say this. God requires us to pray. There's lots of scriptures on this. I'll give you a couple that God is looking for you and I to get him involved. James said in James 4 and 2, you have not because you ask not. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 8, the father knows exactly what you need even before you ask. But then he went on to teach them how to pray. You still need to ask. So just because, let me be clear about something, just because God is sovereign, just because God sits on the circle of the earth, just because God has all, people say God has all things in and under control, that doesn't mean that you're not supposed to pray. There are people that say, well, if God is sovereign, then I don't need to pray. No, God's sovereignty does not obviate you from your responsibility to pray. You have to get God involved in any given situation through the vehicle of prayer. When you say, well, God knows everything, you know, that, no, 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 no. If you don't get him involved, then, then you are keeping God from being involved in your situation because you are failing to pray. You have not because you ask not. So God is looking for us. God is so committed to the system that he created like where he's looking the, for the cooperation of humans 
that for God to operate in your life, for God to fully operate in your life, you need to cooperate with him. And so if you don't cooperate with him, God is not just going to interrupt your life and get involved because at that point, God will be forcing his will on you. And so God is not going to force his will on you. He wants his involvement in your life to be an act of your free will. So say this, say, say I will my will to pray God's will. I'm going to will my will to pray God's will. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to seek God concerning 2023. And in this season of fasting and prayer, God is going to reveal things to me. And then as he reveals things to me, watch this, watch this. Then I'm going to pray back to God, basically the prayers that he already prayed over me. When God shows me what his plans are for 2023, for me, my family, my business, career, finances, all of that. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray back to God what God has already prayed over me. Say amen to that. Now let's talk about the refreshing power that we can experience when we pray. So it's one thing for me to know that I'm supposed to pray. It's, it's one thing for me to know that I, that I, you know, I, I have the authority to pray. And I'm supposed to get God involved through prayer, but it's another thing for me to know when I do pray, what it does for me, like how it can change my mindset, how it can change my attitude, how it can change my temperament. Let's talk about your mindset for a minute, because when I think about refreshing, I'm thinking about mindset. When I'm thinking, when I think about refreshing, I'm thinking about people that that have allowed themselves to delve into a, a position where they are frustrated, they're disillusioned, they, they are in a, a position of despair. They may be even battling thoughts of depression. So let's talk about your mindset for a minute and then what prayer can do for your mindset. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 from the easy to read. Now we share this a lot at VCMI. The Bible says, above all, be careful what you think because your thoughts control your life. Above all, be careful what you think. Your thoughts are controlling your life. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, let me try to explain this to you about the importance of your thought life and your mindset and all of that. The Bible says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, say strongholds, strongholds, right? Casting down imaginations, say images or imaginations, right? And every thought, bringing into captivity every thought unto the obedience of Christ. And so the Apostle Paul is almost like he wrote that, that passage backwards. He talked about strongholds. He talked about imaginations or images. And then he talked about thoughts. And really the way it starts is with thoughts. Thoughts create images. And if unchecked, images can create a stronghold. So let me explain. So we think in in images. We don't think in words, we think in images. And, and we have to take control of our thought life if we want to take control of our life. Our minds are constantly being flooded with thoughts that come from God, that come from Satan, and that come from us. <laughs> Everything is not Satan. Sometimes it's just us. So there are thoughts that come from God, that come from the enemy, that come from us. And we must learn how to <clears throat> discern which thoughts are which. We got to know which thoughts to receive and which thoughts to reject. And this is critical in this season. That's why fasting, like Apostle Cynthia said, fasting doesn't change God. Fasting changes us. When we are fasting, it puts us in a position where we are learning to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit so that we can know which thoughts to receive and which thoughts to reject. So let's talk about the importance of your thoughts and how it impacts your attitude and your temperament and like the way that you feel. So I like to say <clears throat> that when people are depressed, they don't have 
a feelings problem. What they have is a thinking problem. So let's say, for example, let me explain. The job of your feelings, let me say it to you this way. The job of your feelings is to amplify your thoughts. The job of your feelings is to amplify your thoughts. So let me give you an example. Let's say that somebody comes into VCMI, our church. And as they come into the church, they are battling thoughts of depression and they are battling thoughts of suicide. But they come to church. And when they come into church, um, and and, and I'm going to tell you how these strongholds happen. They come into church and we start to minister to them. And so they're in praise and worship. First of all, they, they meet people in the parking lot. Then they meet the, the, the greeters. Then they meet the ushers. And they, they're, they're coming into the presence of the Lord. And so all of these things are, but they have a stronghold around their mind. The, the word stronghold, where it, uh, the apostle Paul wrote it, it means fortified city. Kind of like in, in biblical times, you had those walls around cities. It's like people have a negative wall around their mind. So they come into BCMI. And like, you know, they're battling all of these thoughts. They're a prisoner in their own mind. But they come in, the love of God is coming, the power of God is coming, all of that. And it's trying to get through into them, but they have this fortified city. But then we start to sing songs of praise. So we start to sing songs of praise. And so these songs of praise, um, we start to sing about what God has done. You know, when I think back over my life kind of stuff. So we start singing songs of praise. And if this person has experienced God in the past, they're going to start thinking about all the good things that God has done. It starts to chip away at that wall. Okay, now they start to feel a little bit better. Then that goes on. Let's say that goes on for two, three, four songs. So that's going on now for a good 10, 15 minutes. And then the music slows down. And now we start to, instead of singing about God, we start singing uh, or just singing about what God has done. We just start singing about who God is. And now we start singing about the goodness of God. And now that person is like the wall is coming down. And this is a person that came in frustrated, came in depressed. And now that person finally, for the first time in a long time, is feeling the peace of God flood their heart, the peace of God flood their mind. And then then we shift to singing to God and we start ministering to, I love you, you Jesus. I worship and adore you. And now that person finds they're standing up. There may be tears coming down their face. Now they feel amazing because the job of your feelings is to amplify your thoughts. And what we did was gave them an environment for 15, 20, 30 minutes of praise and worship where now they are thinking about God. And because they reframed their thinking, now they have reframed their feelings. Now, the job of your feelings is to amplify your thoughts. Now, let's say that that same person before they got to church, had gone to a doctor and and got pills to numb their feelings. Well, the the pills can numb your feelings, but you don't have a feelings problem. You have a thinking problem. And so, so yeah, maybe you can numb the feelings for a little while, but your feelings are working. They're amplifying your thoughts. You're not going to change the way you think with some pills. You change the way you think by coming to VCMI. You change the way you think by getting the word down in your heart. Your mind is renewed, Romans 12, 1 and 2, through the word of God, through Bible study, through the word on Sunday. So we're getting the word down in your heart. The word, we're preaching and teaching the word. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The word of God is coming through your eye gates. It gets down in your heart. The word of God is coming through your ear gates. It gets down in your heart. And so now we're going to change. We're going to reframe your whole mindset with the word of God. And if you think different, you're going to feel different because the job of your feelings is to amplify your thoughts. 
for those little 30 minutes through praise and worship, you felt different. Why? Because you were thinking different. So what does this mean when I'm talking about being refreshed in prayer? Or what has a lot to do with it? Because when you come to God, if you are battling thoughts of suicide or negativity or anxiety or negative stress or depression. And so, so, so these people... Remember, I'm talking about 30 minutes, you would feel better. People that are battling thoughts of depression are people that, that if you think good thoughts, you're going to feel good. If you think bad thoughts, you're going to feel bad. And sometimes people think bad thoughts, not for 30 minutes. Sometimes they feel bad thoughts for hours or days. And, and if you keep thinking bad things over and over again and repeating, and you're going to die a thousand deaths in your mind. And the devil is flooding you, your mind with all of these negative thoughts and unchecked thoughts would lead to a stronghold. But here's the good news. The good news is, number one, your thinking can be reframed. But number two, if it is true that negative thoughts, if unchecked, can create a negative stronghold around your mind to where we say at VCMI, God loves you. God wants to bless you. And those thoughts, it's like it's hitting your mind, but not getting over the wall. And we have to work with you to break those things down so that we can build you back up, right? If it's true that negative thoughts can create a negative wall around your mind, it's also true that positive thoughts, godly thoughts, divine thoughts, Holy Ghost thoughts can create a divine wall around your mind. I don't know about you, but I'm going to tell you that it's very difficult for me to think anything negative about me. <laughs> no, no. Why? Because I have a fortified city a blessing around my mind. The devil could say, hey, Rick, you're nothing. You're scum. You're, 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 you know, you're, you're a failure. You're, and I'm like, okay, that doesn't mean nothing because those thoughts can't get over the wall that's around my mind. Why? Because I meditate and medicate, like Apostle Cynthia said, on the word, how, how often? Day and night. Now I see myself, and I'm telling you right now, if you're new to VCMI, if you hang around us long enough, there's going to be a fortified city of blessing around your mind. If you hang around us long enough, we're going to get the word down, down in your heart. If you hang around us long enough, I'm telling you, I'm, you, you're going to wake up and you're going to be able to look at, in the mirror and say, you'll say what I believe what God believes about me. I am who God says I am. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above only, not beneath. I'm the lender, not the borrower. I'm the winner, not the loser. I'm the victor, never the victim. Forward ever, backward never the best is yet to come. This is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. My, my progress will have no limits because I'm walking alongside God. I'm talking about you hang around us long enough. You're going to say, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So yes, you can be refreshed through the vehicle of prayer because what happens in prayer is you change the way you think. What happens in prayer, God has given you the ability to control your mind. What happens in prayer is when you are praying, God, is, God will begin to share things with you about you. God has already been to your future. He will share things about what the plans that he made for you, good plans, plans to give you a future and a hope. And if you believe that and you start thinking about that, then your feelings are going to amplify your thoughts and then you're going to feel amazing. Why? Because you get, you're going to come out. You're going to feel like uh, Apostle Tony said, you're going to feel like you can leap a tall building with a single bound. Glory to God. Why? Why are you going to feel that way? Because you're thinking what God thinks about you. You believe what God believes about you. So if you can control your thoughts, you can control your life. A renewed mind develops a prosperous soul. A, a renewed mind, it gets to the point where you believe what God believes about you on the inside. And you can even get to the point, John 15 and 7, where Jesus said, you can ask for whatever you want. Watch this, watch this. He says, if you abide in me and my words 
abide in you. If you get to the point where what you want is what I want and, and you only want what I want and, and, and my desires are your desires and your desires are my desires, John 15 and 7. He said, if you get to that point, you can ask for whatever you want because you're only asking for what I want. I'm telling you, at VCMI, we're going to teach you how to get to the point where God's will is your will and your will is God's will. There's no disconnect. There's no difference between you and God, God and you. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. I only want what God wants. I'm only pursuing God's desires. I've died to sin and self and selfishness. My life is not about me. My life is all about him. And as you're walking with God and God is walking with you, you will ask for whatever you want and you are asking in agreement and in alignment with his will. First John 5, 14 and 15 says, if I ask, watch this, this is the confidence that I have in him. Whew, that when I pray and I ask, and I know that I'm asking in accordance with his will, I know I already have it and it's already done. Say amen to that. So let me connect all of this to prayer. Going back to Psalms 126 and verse four, the Passion Translation, now Lord, do it again. Restore us to former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. This is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So let me bring this down for a minute. I got excited there for a moment. If you've been battling thoughts of frustration and displeasure with where you are in life, if, if, if 2022 was difficult and maybe even going all the way back to the pandemic, you're like, man, and you've been battling these negative thoughts. You've been unhappy with life in general. You've gotten to the point where you feel like, I don't know, like, like, since the pandemic, like you lost something or it's like, like the enemy stripped you of something. Look at me, look at me for a minute. I'm telling you in this season, we've heard a prophetic word already from my man and woman of God. Every dry place in your heart is going to be drenched again. If anything that you lost is going to be restored in this season. And God can use the vehicle of prayer as a, as a vehicle through which you are refreshed. Let me give you an example from the 23rd Psalm. Let's look at Psalms 23. I know that there are people that are busy and tired and frustrated, but this is a season where you're going to be refreshed and restored and revived. Say amen to that. The 23rd Psalm, New King James Version. Let's just go verse by verse. Verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So, so David understood shepherds and sheep. He was the shepherd himself. And he was saying, just like when I was out with the sheep, the sheep didn't care about anything just as long as I was there. When I was present, watch this, the sheep had no anxiety, no fear. Why? Because I'm their shepherd and I was there. I provided for the every, they, they lacked nothing. They wanted for nothing whenever I was around. Why? Because I'm their shepherd. And then he says, now, because I understand that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And so, so I have no care in the world when I know that I'm in the presence of my shepherd and I am his sheep. Say amen to that. Verse two, and my shepherd makes me to lie down in green pastures. This is what happens in your prayer closet. He, he, he causes you, no matter how busy or frustrated or difficult the world was, the day was, your challenges were, the last two weeks were, you go into your prayer closet, you turn on that prayer, that worship music, you get down on your knees, you spend a few minutes, and before you know it, all of the cares of this world don't matter anymore. God is making you to lie down in green pastures. Our prayer closet has, has like mattresses in it. So we go in there and man, sometimes I just lie down in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says God will make you to lie down in green pastures. 
beside the still waters. No matter what was going on in your heart, your heart was racing, your mind was racing, you couldn't sleep, all of these going on. You go into your prayer closet and in a time of prayer, he brings it down, green pastures, he brings it down, still waters, he brings it down. Verse three, he restores my soul. Oh glory, he's getting me to a point where now he's restoring me to, the, to, to, to righteousness for his name's sake. He's reminding me that I'm his son. He's reminding me that I'm his daughter. He gets me back on track. He gets my mind reshaped and reframed. And so, so yeah, verse four, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God didn't promise to take me out of the challenges. Sometimes God says, listen, you're going to walk right through. I'm not going to take you out of it, but I'm going to bless you right in it. Watch this. I'm going to ensure that that although you have to go through it, what's on the outside doesn't have to get on the inside. You can be at peace on the inside, no matter what's going on on the outside. You will walk right through the valley of the shadow of death, but you will fear no evil. Why? Because I know that my father is with me. He is my shepherd. He is my guide. He is my source. He is my strength. He is my peace. And then verse five says, God will prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He will anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Watch this. In prayer, God reminds me that, that my enemies, that I do have enemies. I do have haters. And God reminds me that their poison cannot stop my purpose. In prayer, I'm refreshed because I'm reminded. Oh my God. Oh my God. What he said, what she said, what they said about me. God, I don't even know why they, they have my name in their mouth. God, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Father, I'm, I'm praying for them in earnest. I'm praying. Why? Because they, they, if they knew any better, they would leave me alone. <laughs> but, but the, God, don't, 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 don't do it. So I mean, like God, you can even pray for your enemy. You can bless those that curse you. Why? Because you know that their poison can't stop your purpose. You are refreshed in prayer. God is reminding you that God will promote you in the presence of your haters, that, that he will cause your haters to show up at your promotion ceremony and he will elevate you. He will prepare a table for you right in front of them. He will anoint your hair with oil and your cup will run over. Why? All of this is, you're being reminded of all of this in prayer. And then you come out of prayer. Watch this. This is where you come out of your prayer closet saying, surely, come on now, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Track me down. Goodness is right here. Mercy is right here. Following me, tracking me down. Where? All the days of my life, the favor of God goes before me like a shield. God is raising up people to use their power, their ability, their influence, and their money in 2023 to help me in ways that I cannot even help myself. Why? Because the favor of God is on me. This is a season of, of refreshing and restoring for me. My progress will have no limits. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. I'm learning all of these things at BCMI. I'm getting all of these things down in my heart at my church. I'm setting my faith in agreement. I got people that are praying for me. I'm part of a church. I'm not sheep without a shepherd. Uh, no, no, no. I have a covering. I have an anointing. There are people that are praying for VCMI and when they're praying for them, they're praying for me. I'm being restored. Come on. All of this happens in the presence of God in prayer. And I leave my prayer closet with a fresh mind. I leave my prayer closet with a fresh heart. I leave my prayer closet with a fresh spirit. All of this, I was refreshed in prayer. Say amen to that. Let me give you a testimony. In August of 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, um, I had to go look up the dates and the notes and all of that. <clears throat> but I remember Apostle Tony, on August 30th, 2020, it was a Sunday morning, he preached from Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, Isaiah 40 and 31. And in that moment, I remember that I had allowed myself to get frustrated. I was thinking about the wrong thing. It wasn't about the pandemic. It was about something else, but I had allowed myself to get frustrated. 
I was thinking about the wrong things. I was thinking about something that I believe in God for that hasn't happened yet. And I was like, Lord, when is this? I need this, you know, that kind of thing. And I had allowed myself to get frustrated over it. And I was dealing with, with negative stress and anxiety and all of that. And I love God, but I had allowed that to happen, right? Uh, just like Jesus said in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You can let your heart be troubled or you cannot. God will allow whatever you allow. God will permit whatever you permit. Don't blame God. That's you. I allowed myself to get into that situation where I was frustrated. I allowed it. And God will allow whatever I allow. So I come to church. August 30th, 2020. Apostle Tony says, turn your Bibles to Isaiah 40 and 31. He read it from the Amplified. This is what he said. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles, mount up to the sun, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. These are some of the things that Apostle Tony said. I looked back in my notes this morning as I was looking at this. He said, when you are waiting on God, you can do so with no fainting and no weariness. And when he said that, it struck me because I was weary in that moment. While you're waiting on God, he said, my heart should be renewed and encouraged. My hope has to be in him. We must be eagerly waiting for him like a child that's actively waiting with enthusiasm, waiting for their parents to come, come home. And then he mentioned Hebrews 9 and 28, like we're waiting on Jesus to come back. God has prepared things for us who are waiting for him. Now he says, if you don't wait on him, you may miss out on what God has prepared for you. So God will work for those who wait on him. God is working while you're, while you're waiting and he will show himself active in the lives of those who are waiting for him. And you must give God an opportunity to do the things in those areas that you can't even do anything about. So he was like, why, why are you even worrying about it? There's some stuff that you can't do anything about. Let God do the work and you just wait on him and let God renew your strength. You will mount up with wings like eagles. You will run, not get weary. You will walk and not get faint. And then he said this, when you wait on the Lord, Apostle Tony said, you cultivate a positive attitude. That day, I came to church one way. As soon as he said that, I was in VCMI, I was, you know, I sat down, I started to pray and I started to receive what the Lord said to me through my pastor, through my man of God, through my spiritual father. And as I received the word of the Lord to me, for me, I made it personal. I made, I received the word of the Lord for me. I started praying. I received what God said for me. I was in that moment, I was refreshed. In that moment, my mindset was changed. It was like rearranged. And in that moment, listen, I came to church one way and I left another way. I left with a spring in my step, with a song in my heart, with a smile on my face, with a praise on my lips. Why? Because I was refreshed through the vehicle of prayer. I got a word from my man of God and then boom, I was refreshed in that moment. And so I, I was refreshed. I was no longer thinking on the negative thoughts that I had thought before. Colossians 3 and 2 says that we should set our minds on the things that are above. We got to set, like, you know how you can have a, you have a thermometer and a thermostat. A thermometer just reads the temperature. A thermostat sets the environment, right? One just tells you what the environment is. The other one can change the environment. So, so just like you can set a thermostat to a certain setting, you can set your mind, Colossians 3 and 2, click, 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 
Set your mind to the things that are above. Let me take my mind and set it, click, 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 to the heaven setting. That's what prayer does for you. When you pray, when you go into your prayer closet, it helps you. If your mind was thinking about the wrong things, you go into your prayer closet, you pray, you spend time with God. It's like you come out and now let me, oh, it's like my mind is click, click, click. Now I'm thinking about the things that are above. Now I'm thinking about the heaven setting. Now, now, oh, my mind is set on the things that are above, not the things that are below. And because my mind is set on the things that are above, I'm going to feel different. I'm going to look different. I'm, my attitude will be different. Everything will be different. Why? Because now my mind has been set to the things that God established for me from the foundations of the world. And that's what we should be experiencing right now in the season of prayer and fasting. Say amen to that. Let me give you another example. I'll give you an example from me. Now let me give you an example from Jesus. In uh, John chapter 14, Jesus's cousin, John the Baptist, was beheaded. Let me tell you what the Bible says. This is an unfortunate situation. I'm not going to get too deep into the story, but let me just tell you what happened. Uh, I'm going to read for you John 14, verses 6 through 12. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guest and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked for, right? So prompted by her mother, her mother was Herod's sister, said, um, her mother was like, well, tell him to give you the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And so that's what she asked for. And the king was already obligated to his word. So he was distressed. He didn't want to do it. But because of his oath and his dinner guests and people was like, okay, what are you going to do? You said you promised whatever she wants. And now she's asking for the head of John the Baptist on a platter. So he ordered that her request would be granted. And John the Baptist was beheaded in prison. And then his head was brought to the party and put on a platter and brought and given to the little girl. And the little girl gave the head of John the Baptist to her mother. And in verse 12, the Bible says, John's, John's disciples came, took the body and buried it. And then they went and told Jesus. Now, when they went and told Jesus, hey, man, your cousin died. Your cousin was already frustrated with you. He was like, are you the one or should we look for another and all of that? But now he's dead. Um, and so we buried his body. Jesus got the word that his cousin was dead. Verse 13 says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. <clears throat> so First, he withdrew by boat to a solitary place. What do you think he did there? He prayed. He wanted to be alone with the Father. He prayed, and then he came right back. And so I, I'm not going to read all these verses to you, uh, but I'll just tell you what happened next. After he prayed for a moment, it's, it's almost like he had to get a hold of himself. He's like, okay, whew. All right, now that I got it, what did he do? He came right back. Boom, he came. There was a crowd. He healed everybody. He healed all the sick. He had compassion. He was like, okay, the devil hit us, the kingdom, but let me hit him back. I, I'm gonna, I'm here to destroy the works of the devil. And so he came and he started healing people. And then he fed the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves. And then after he did all of that, when everything was over, verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples to get into a boat. He said, man, you guys go. I need to spend time by myself. Go out ahead of him to the other side. He dismissed the crowd. He told everybody to leave. He was like, still dealing. I mean, this is a rough day. I mean, like, there's a lot going on here. Like, you know, my cousin died and now this happened. I healed all these people. I fed the 5,000. We popped heads off. Another head was growing, all of that. Let's, but now I need to spend time in prayer. Dismissed everybody, sent the disciples in the boat. Verse 23, after he had dismissed them all, he went up into the mountainside by himself to pray. What was Jesus doing? He was going to get refreshed. He was going to get renewed. 
He was going to get restored. He was going to get revived. He was like, listen, whenever, whenever something happened like that, he was like, I have to spend time with my father in prayer. Like right now, man, that's crazy. My cousin is dead. Like, I mean, like, I mean, we met from womb to womb when, when my mama and his mama was both pregnant. Like when they saw each other, like my cousin leaped in the womb. I mean, we, we've been down like four flat tires all our lives and now he's gone. He's dead. That man, that, that's a lot to deal with. So what did he do? He went off to pray. Why? Because we get refreshed in prayer. We get restored in prayer. After receiving terrible news, after having a rough day, Jesus had to spend time with the Father in prayer. This is why, this is why, listen, the disciples were there when he walked on water. The disciples were there when he said, Lazarus, get up, and Lazarus popped up like a mummy. The disciples were there when he fed the five. They never said, Lord, teach us to raise people from the dead. Lord, teach us to multiply fish. No, he said, the only thing the disciples ever asked Jesus to teach them was, Lord, teach us to pray. Like, I mean, like, I don't know what it is about this prayer thing, but you go off in the morning and you pray and you come back and it's like you have orders from headquarters. We saw what happened. Like whenever something difficult would happen, you go off by yourself and you pray and then you come back and it's like you're renewed and you're restored. You're revived. You're refreshed. You're ready. You're rejuvenated. Lord, teach us to pray. Like I know I got to know how to pray like that. You got to get to the point where you are praying, where God is restoring you. If you have a difficult day, Go to your prayer closet and spend some time with God in prayer. Say amen to that. Now, when you pray, you should pray from a position of grace and not from a position of need. So if you want to be restored, if you want to be refreshed, if you want to be revived, if you want to be rejuvenated in prayer, you, what you don't want to do is go to God in prayer and then start praying from a position of need. Because when you pray from a position of need, that just causes more anxiety. Oh God, I need this. Oh God, you know I need, you know the situation is bad, Jesus. Oh God, I need, no, you're praying like you don't already have it. You're, you're, you're praying, you're not praying from a position of victory. You're, you're, you're like trying to get victory. You're, you're praying like you're already defeated. You're, you're praying from a position of lack. And when you're praying from a position of lack, then, then, then matter of fact, sometimes that can cause even more negative stress and anxiety. No, what you want to do is pray from a position of grace. When you come to God and you pray from a position of grace, I believe I receive I've already what's already done. I'm praying. I believe that God, this is much different. I'm praying from a position of grace. I'm not trying to get God to do it. I believe that God already moved. I'm not trying to get God to move. I believe that God already moved some pieces on the chessboard of my life. I'm praying so that God can reveal to me what he prepared for me, but what's concealed from me. I'm praying for God to show me what he already did. I'm praying, praying for God to show me what he already provided. I'm, I'm not praying for victory. I'm praying from victory. I, I'm, victory is my starting point and my destination. I'm praying from a position of grace. This means that my heart is open to believe what God has already done, what he's already provided. My heart is open. God has already been to my future and my future is his past. And God can show me what he already did and what he's already provided. And when I'm praying from a position of grace, now I get excited. I get refreshed. Well, I leave my prayer closet knowing what God has already done. I leave my prayer closet knowing that, that now, yes, you come out of the prayer closet. I come out. Hallelujah. It's already done. Isabella's like, oh, did you get the phone call yet? No, babe, but it's already done. Did, did you get the email yet? No, babe, but it's already done. Did you? Why? Because we believe it's already done. She comes out of her prayer closet and she's like, glory to God. I'm like, hey, babe, have you got the call? No, but it's already done, babe. Don't worry about it. Why? Because when we go into our prayer closet, we are refreshed. We're, we're hearing what God uh, is, has already done for us. And so this is the type of refreshing that we can experience in the presence 
of God. And my prayer is that you experience this in this season of prayer and fasting as we get ready for 2023. Amen. All right. So let me give you some final ways that you can be refreshed through prayer and then we'll close. All right. Just some quick nuggets here. Prayer helps us to focus on God. So this is how you can be refreshed through prayer because prayer helps us to focus, to get our focus right on God. I know that we live in a busy time. A lot of us have more more task than time. We have all these things on our calendar. So prayer will help you to get refocused and recalibrated on God. Say amen to that. All right. Prayer helps us to grow in our relationship with God. Right now, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. And we got to spend time with God. We will grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ as we're spending time with God in prayer. Prayer helps us to overcome anxiety and stress casting our cares upon him. And that's 1 Peter, Peter 5. We've dealt with this all throughout this Bible study. You, you can deal with negative stress and anxiety and distressing anxiety and fear, doubt, unbelief, depression, suicide, all of that through the vehicle of prayer. You can, your, your mindset can be reshaped and reframed in your prayer closet. Prayer can help us discern the will of God for our lives. And like I told you, when, when God re- reminds you or reveals to you what your future is, and it's passed to him. For him is already done. And for us, it's only a matter of time. You come out of your prayer closet saying, you know what? It's only a matter of time before I have in my hands what God just revealed to me in my heart, and you're refreshed. And, and prayer helps us to develop a thankful heart. You know, it, we have to have an attitude of prayer and uh, of praise and thanksgiving. An attitude of gratitude will go a long way. And so when we're thankful towards God, it alleviates that stress and anxiety. It just falls off of us. Prayer helps us to uh, to forgive. Oh, this is a good one. Sometimes when we're praying, God will remind us that we've developed maybe a root of bitterness or we have unforgiveness in our heart towards somebody and you let it go. And when you let it go and you forgive them, it's, it's so refreshing. Like, like when the root of bitterness is gone, when the unforgiveness is gone, you will be refreshed to another level. And then lastly, prayer helps us develop a sense of peace. You can have peace, unshakable peace. You can have peace on the inside that's not moved by what's going on on the outside because you spent time being refreshed in your prayer closet through prayer. Spending time with the Father in prayer will refresh you to a level that you will be excited and rejuvenated and you will have the joy and the passion and the zeal that you once had. God, do it again. Listen, every dry place in your heart will be drenched in this season. Say amen to that. That's all I have for you tonight. Uh, we'll share some other things uh, next week. Let me close out in prayer. Listen, if you need prayer in any one of these four areas, I'm going to ask you to text hashtag VCMI to 22300, and you're going to fill out some information. And one of us, our prayer uh, uh, people, our believers, our members of our church, they're going to reach out to you and pray with you, and we'll be praying for you as well. So listen, first of all, if you don't know Jesus, like none of this matters if, you, if you're not born again. If you've never accepted Jesus as Lord, then listen, I want you to text hashtag VCMI to 22300. We'll lead you in a prayer of salvation. We'll also lead you in a prayer of rededication. So if you need to rededicate your life, you want to recommit your life to Christ, text hashtag VCMI to 22300. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, pray. Listen, we... You want to be able to pray in a prayer language that you don't even understand, but it's a perfect language that God understands. If you want that, text hashtag VCMI to 22300. And then lastly, 
If you're not a member of this church and you want to be a member of our church, you want to be part of the Victory Nation, the V Nation, all over the world, you don't even have to be at one of our nine campuses. You say, hey, I don't live close to one of your nine campuses, but I want to be a member. Fine. You can join our V Nation virtually. And so text hashtag VCMI to 22300. We will contact you. We'll receive you. We'll get your information. And then we'll pour the word of God down inside of you. Let me pray for you. And then I just want to pray for you about this message. And then I'll give you the benediction here in a minute after uh, tithes and offerings. Father, I thank you for the word that we released tonight. I pray even now that there would be a renewed energy and fervor and excitement about prayer, that we would pray and fast in the season of fasting, that there would be fasting and prayer, prayer and fasting, that we would be refreshed, that every dry place in our lives would be drenched again. Lord, do it again. Yes, restore us to the former glory and take us even to a greater level. In Jesus' name, amen.